This program is brought to you by Israel Restoration Ministries. What are you doing Sunday nights? Come join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God Fellowship Church every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at The Vine at 9336 Abraham Way, Santee, California. Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on YouTube.com by searching for Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. Welcome to Friendship with God with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Today's message and previous messages can be listened to or downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. You can also obtain free resources from Tom Cantor and view our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org or call us at 800-247-3051. That's 800-247-3051. Tom Cantor also has a daily devotional verse that comes out each day by email and on Facebook. To receive this small daily devotional verse that Tom Cantor puts out, you can sign up at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. Or find Tom Cantor on Facebook by searching for Tom Cantor and Friendship with God. Now, here's our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Father, again, we've just heard sung to us, Lord, draw me nearer to yourself. Lord, from the word this morning, we pray, draw us nearer to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, Isaiah 62, verse 1. For Zion's sake will I not hold my peace, and for Jerusalem's sake I will not rest, until the righteous thereof go forth as the brightness, and the salvation thereof as a lamp that burneth. And the Gentiles shall see thy righteousness in all kings thy glory, and thou shalt be called by a new name, which the mouth of the Lord shall name. Thou shalt also be a crown of glory in the hand of the Lord, and a royal diadem in the hand of thy God. Thou shalt no more be termed forsaken, neither shall thy land any more be termed desolate. But thou shalt be called Hephzibah, and thy land Beulah. For the Lord delighteth in thee, and thy land shall be married. For as a young man marrieth a virgin, so shall thy sons marry thee. And as a bridegroom rejoiceth over the bride, so shall thy God rejoice over thee. I have set watchmen upon thy walls, O Jerusalem, which shall never hold their peace, day nor night. Ye that make mention of the Lord, keep not silence, and give him no rest, till he establish, until he make Jerusalem a praise in the earth. Oh, we're at the end of this book, the, the, uh, Isaiah here. This, there's just a couple more chapters left. And the book of Isaiah can be understood, the makeup of the book of Isaiah can be understood very well if you see the center as being Isaiah 53. If you see Isaiah 53, which is the sacrifice, it's the chapter on the sacrifice, the great sacrifice of the Lord Jesus on the cross, you see, that is Isaiah 53, and everything before that chapter builds up to that, and everything after that chapter flows down from it. 
God's chosen people are who God deals with. Look at them as themselves, as the Jewish people, but also see them as representatives of man and learn from that how God deals with man. The book opens in chapter one. In other words, what I'm trying to say here is that if you only see Israel as a Jewish people, of course Israel is a Jewish people, but if you don't see beyond that, then you'll just be looking at a historical account between God and the Jewish people, but really it goes farther than that because the applications of what he says to the Jewish people, how he deals with the Jewish people, apply to all people. So the book opens in chapter one with the, with the worst indictment of Israel imaginable. Chapter one, verse two says, Hear, O heavens, and give ear, O earth, for the Lord hath spoken. I have nourished and brought up children, and they have rebelled against me. A sinful nation, he says in verse four, chapter one, verse four. A sinful nation, a people laden with iniquity, a seed of evildoers, children that are corrupters, they have forsaken the Lord. They have provoked the Holy One of Israel with anger. They are gone away backward. With an opening like that, you would think, well, there's no hope. There's no hope anymore for the Jewish people, but there is hope. There is hope in that God said to the Jewish people that they, it's true, they would all be like Sodom and Gomorrah. They would all be destroyed like Sodom and Gomorrah was and become just an ash heap except for a very small number. If it wasn't for this very small number, they would be destroyed. A very small number of Jewish people who have believed into Jehovah Jesus, and this very small number of Jewish people are called, in verse 9, the remnant. The remnant, verse 9. Except the Lord of hosts had left us a very small remnant, we should have been as Sodom, and we should have been like unto Gomorrah. So there's hope for the Jewish people because in spite of all their sins, God is preserving them and he holds out this very special invitation. What kind of an invitation? A white as snow invitation in verse 18, Isaiah 118, Isaiah 118, when he says, and here he's speaking to the individuals, come now and let us reason together, saith the Lord. Though your, skins, though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. That's the white as snow invitation. And this hope is the hope that runs all through the book of Isaiah. It's especially picked up again in Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14, when God himself says that God himself will come in the form of a baby born to a virgin woman. In Isaiah 7, 14, it says, Therefore the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. The name of that baby was going to be, that's God with us. And this son is born, is declared in chapter 9, as we move on in Isaiah in chapter 9, chapter 9, verse 6, it says, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. So the child that the virgin mother gives birth to is unto the Jewish people a child is born. The child that the virgin mother gives birth to is unto the Jewish people. A son is given. 
And this child born, this son is given. This is the Lord Jesus. This is him. And as we move then on in chapter 40, God says, that the, God says well, I'm sending a special messenger, a person who's going to be a, a messenger who's going to prepare Israel for the starting ministry of this child that was born, the son that was given. And he is described, the special messenger is described in Isaiah 40, verse three, Isaiah 40, verse three. He is the voice of one that crieth in the wilderness, prepare ye the way of the Lord, make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Then later in that same chapter, in chapter 40, the exact message of the messenger and all the messengers for that matter, is given as they are instructed by God what to point out about the Lord Jesus in chapter 40, verse 9, chapter 40, verse 9, when it says, O Zion, that bringeth good tidings, get thee up into the high mountain, O Jerusalem, that bringeth good tidings, lift up thy voice with strength, lift it up, be not afraid, and say unto the cities of Judah, Behold your God. The Lord Jesus is the God of Israel, and the messengers are to point to him and to say, Behold your God. Then the ministry of the Lord Jesus starts in Isaiah, and it continues until we get to chapter 49, where the Lord Jesus approaches the end of his ministry, and he looks at his calling, why he was sent to earth. And he looks at the success that he's had in that calling. The calling is in Isaiah 49.5, Isaiah 49.5. Now saith the Lord that formed me from the womb to be his servant to bring Jacob again to him. His calling was to bring Jacob, bring Jacob, bring the Jewish people. Put it this way. His calling was to bring the Jewish people back to God again. And as he said when he was actually here on earth in Matthew 15, 24, Matthew 15, 24. But he answered and said, I am not sent, but unto the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Why was he sent to the lost sheep of the house of Israel? To bring them back to God again, to gather, regather them. And so he looks back on how successful he's been in this calling in Isaiah 49. And he says in Isaiah 49, 4, verse 4, he says, he says, Looking at how successful he's been in bringing the Jewish people back, he says, I have labored in vain. I have spent my strength for naught and in vain. He says, I wasted my, my strength. I wasted my time. I am a failure. I have failed in my mission to bring Israel back to God. This was the greatest discouragement in his life. This was a crushing defeat for him. He was broken that he could not deliver to the Father success in bringing the Jewish people back to God. And the response of the Jewish people to his overture or approach to them was so much rejecting that in Isaiah 49.7, in Isaiah 49.7, it says, Thus saith the Lord, the Redeemer of Israel and his Holy One, to him whom man despiseth, and to him whom the nation abhorreth. The Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel, became to the Jewish people him whom man despiseth and him whom the nation abhors. And if you don't think that's true, all you have to do is just read some of the letters that I've been receiving from the 
one million mail-outs so far, or 850,000, 850,000 mail-outs of that book in the back there called Changed. Some of those letters are so full of hatred, they couldn't find enough words in the dictionary of profanity to throw at me. Utter contempt for God and the Lord Jesus. And in applying him whom man despiseth, and applying for citizenship, I was asked several times, do you believe Jesus is God? And if you do, your right to return as a Jewish person to, to Israel is in jeopardy. Why? Because of Isaiah 49.7, Jesus is described as him whom the nation abhors. Now, God the Father, it broke his heart also, especially for his son. And he, so he went to encourage his son in who he is well-pleased. He went to encourage the Lord Jesus in Isaiah 49.6, Isaiah 49.6, when he said, in essence, this is the don't worry about it verse. He said, it's a light thing that thou should be my servant to raise up the tribes of Jacob and to restore the preserved of Israel. I will also give thee for a light to the Gentiles that thou mayest be my salvation unto the end of the earth. So even though there were so few Jewish people that turned back to God and followed him, he still went on to pay for man's sin to the mountaintop in Isaiah chapter 53. But as he comes to this mountaintop of Isaiah 53 to give his life as a sacrifice, and he's looking back on, nobody has responded essentially, very few. The big question that looms up out of this is the word who? Who? Who in the world are the ones who believe into this Messiah? Who are the ones who are going to believe this report that the Messiah died for their sins? And that's the opening statement in Isaiah 53. Who has believed our report? Where in the world are they? Who? And that's the question that Isaiah 53 starts with. So as the book of uh, Isaiah moves on down the mountainside, now from Isaiah 53, and this question is looming, who? We come to Isaiah 55, in which the answer is given. Who? Isaiah 53. I'll tell you, Isaiah 55. Isaiah 55.1 says, Ho, everyone that thirsteth, come ye to the waters. And he that hath no money, come ye buy and eat. Yea, come buy wine and milk without money and without price. So who, from Isaiah 53, are the ones who have believed? The answer is Isaiah 55.1. Those that are thirsty. Only those that are thirsty ones. They are intensely thirsty for God. So they're thirsty to the point where they say, it's not just I want God, it's not just I'm interested in God, it's not just I need God, I must have God. That's the thirsty ones. First characteristic. Second characteristic of the ones who come are described in Isaiah 55.1. Come, he that hath no money. Isaiah 55.1. He that hath no money. They have no money. They are broke. They have nothing to bring to God except their Dirty, rotten, sinful self. Dirty, guilty, sinful soul. And the so-called good works, forget about it. They're broke. They have no money. Nothing to impress God with. They simply come to God begging 
for his mercy and his grace. So those are the two characteristics of the who, thirsty and no money. Now, following the cross, as we move on in Isaiah, we come to Isaiah chapter 60 that tells us how the promise or the gift that was given to him in Isaiah 49 of the Gentiles coming to light happens in Isaiah 60 verse 1. Isaiah 60 verse 1. The Gentiles come. Arise, shine, for thy light has come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon thee. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth, and gross darkness the people, but the Lord shall rise upon thee, and his glory shall be seen, and the Gentiles shall come to thy light, and kings to the brightness of thy rising. So now, with many Gentiles coming to the light, the Jews said no, but the many Gentiles coming to the light, seems like, okay, good. Jewish people said to Jehovah Jesus, no. The Gentiles said to, many of the Gentiles said to Jehovah Jesus, yes. And so God must be satisfied. He must be happy now. So now we can move on with life. No, that's not it. Because there's still the chapter we are in, chapter 62 in the book of Isaiah, where God is essentially saying, no, I'm not. I am not satisfied and I'm not happy because Israel still is not saved. And so this opens up for us the first verse in chapter 62, which says, For Zion's sake will I not hold my peace, and for Jerusalem will I not rest. You know what God's saying here? When he says, I will not hold my peace, he's saying, no, I won't stop talking about this. I won't stop talking about Israel and their need for salvation and that they will be saved. For Zion's sake will I not hold my peace. What it's saying there is it says, no, I won't rest. Take it easy, God. Just rest. Look, you've got all the Gentiles that have come. He says, I won't. Stop talking about Israel. They don't like you. They don't want you. No, I won't. I won't stop talking about Israel. No, I won't be satisfied. I will not rest. Until what he calls the great until. Until. Until the brightness of Israel, the brightness of the righteousness, until the righteousness go forth as brightness, Righteousness in Christ, righteousness in God, and the salvation of thereof go as a lamp that burneth, goes way out beyond the borders of Israel. Until that happens, no, I'm not going to stop talking about it. Don't try to get me. No, I'm not going to rest. Don't tell me to rest. I won't. This is a view of salvation, the salvation of God that's like a lamp. And it's a lamp that burns so brightly that more Gentiles come to God as a result of that. This is a distant view. It's far off. It's a view of God's ultimate salvation plan for the world being fulfilled by the Jewish people carrying the gospel salvation message to the ends of the world. And this is very distant because all you have to do is just look at the letters I've received and you can just see how far off that is. Now, when we think, okay, the Jewish people want nothing to do with Jesus, and so what assurance do we have that this is really going to happen? What, what guarantee do we really have? What is the basis for us believing that the Jewish people are going to turn to the Lord Jesus and that they're going to carry the salvation to the world? If we look at the Jewish people today, like I said, there's no indication, no encouragement, nothing that they will ever turn to the Lord Jesus. He is Isaiah 49, 7, today, him whom the people despise and him whom the nation abhors. So what is our guarantee? What's our assurance that we have that the people are going to turn? There's only one. 
There's only one guarantee, there's only one assurance that we have, and it is the love of God for, for, for Israel. It's the love of God for the Jewish people. When he says in Jeremiah 31.3, Jeremiah 31.3, yea, I have loved thee with an everlasting love. That means it doesn't stop. Therefore, with loving kindness have I drawn thee. So the guarantee that this is going to happen to the Jewish people is not the Jewish people because today the Jewish people are like the dry bones in Ezekiel's vision of Ezekiel 37. Ezekiel 37 is brought and sees a valley full of dry bones. God shows them this. And as Ezekiel is looking at this astounding sight of a valley full of dry bones, in verse 3 of Ezekiel 37, Ezekiel 37, 3, God asks Ezekiel a question. And he said unto me, son of man, or son of Adam, son of Adam, can these bones live? And I answered, O Lord God, thou knowest. Can these bones live? How preposterous to look at dry bones. You know the emphasis there is on dry, dry bones? There's not even a little bit of blood oozing out of them. They're not like the T-Rex um, uh, bones that they found where they've, they've seen a little bit of blood marrow in there. You know, like we have over in the museum, one of them. Not like that at all. They're dry. They're scattered and Ezekiel's asked the question, can they live? And Ezekiel says, whoa, I'm not going there. Smart man, Ezekiel. Stay away from that. He says, Lord, you know. He says, oh, God, oh Lord God, in verse 3, Ezekiel 37, 3, oh, Lord God, thou knowest. He says, I'm not going there. And this is when God showed to Ezekiel what would happen. And what God showed to Ezekiel was that there would be two phases or two stages to these dry bones living. The first phase he explains to him uh, in, 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 the, in the beginning there of Ezekiel 37 up to verse 8. I'll just start at verse 1 so you see the whole thing. Ezekiel 37, 1. The hand of the Lord was upon me and carried me out in the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the midst of a valley which was full of bones. And he caused me to pass through them round about and behold, there were very many in the open valley and they were very dry. I want to stop there. Get the picture. Ezekiel has been put in the middle of this valley, and then he's given a tour. He goes around the bones, and he says, they're dry. They're very dry, he says. Now go on. And he said unto me, son of man, can these bones live? And I answered, O Lord God, thou knowest. Again, he said unto me, prophesy upon these bones, and say unto them, O ye dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus saith the Lord God unto these bones, Behold, I will cause breath to enter into you, and ye shall live. And I will lay sinews upon you, and will bring up flesh upon you, and cover you with skin, and put breath in you, and ye shall live, and ye shall know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded. And as I prophesied, there was a noise, and behold, a shaking. And the bones came together, bone to his bone. And when I beheld, lo, the sinews and the flesh came up upon them, and the skin covered them above, but there was no breath in them. That's the first step. Ezekiel was shown. That's the first step. That is the bones coming together, but no life. There would be no breath in them. And the nation of Israel stands today with millions of Jewish people who are physically alive, but they don't have the Spirit of God in them. They don't have the Holy Spirit of life. 
Another wonderful day studying the Bible with our Bible teacher Tom Cantor here on Friendship with God. Don't forget that today's message and previous messages can be listened to and downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. You can also go online to find free resources from Tom Cantor and our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org. You can also find Tom Cantor on Facebook, and you can also go to friendshipwithgod.org to sign up for his daily devotional. Tom Cantor is also the founder of Israel Restoration Ministries. You can visit that website at israelrestoration.org. You can write to Tom Cantor at P.O. Box 711330, Santee, California 92071. That's P.O. Box 711330, Santee, California 92071. Or email Tom Cantor at tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org. That's tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org. For more information about Tom Cantor and Friendship with God and Israel Restoration Ministries, call us at 800-247-3051. That's 800-247-3051. What are you doing Sunday nights? Come join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God Fellowship Church every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at The Vine at 9336 Abraham Way, Santee, California. Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on YouTube.com by searching for Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. This program is brought to you by Israel Restoration Ministries.